All right, folks. We're welcoming you to a new season. Okay, new season of the Boombastic Cast with myself, Matthew Fishoter, and the man, the myth, the legend, the guy killing it in every fucking thing he does. From what I'm told, I'm not allowed to talk to this gentleman outside of the show, so I don't know what what indeed is fact, what is fiction, my friends. I'm not but, a fiction. Complete I fiction. So. I do not exist. That's true. The man, the myth, Alexander Hawk. Mm. Woo! <laughs> Look at that, Arsenio Hall stopping into the show. <laughs> I like that. I support that a lot. Yeah. Well, we're we're back. We're back in a new format. You know, we're on the Dorkening Network with this show here. Um, we came from the YouTube, the interwebs of the YouTube world. If for anybody, any any people jumping ship coming with us, I guess there'll still be a YouTube show. Um, it'll be more of like a best of type situation, but yeah. So here we are. You'll probably get this show. We're aiming to drop it twice a month. The, the YouTube show is once a month. That'll still be um, on that show. Like I said, it'll be like more of a best of as well as like you'll catch the interviews and full length episodes and such in places like that. You know what I mean? That's kind of that's kind of a good deal. What do you think, Alex? I like it. I mean, I think it's uh, it's good that uh, we're uh, spreading our our love to the audio airwaves to our our, our listeners. Yeah, yeah. We got you. Got to get get them in both holes. We got the YouTube and the podcast hole. Hey, hey, you got to fill those holes up. There's a third hole out there. No, a few dare to go into. Maybe one day yeah. the Boombastic Castle will enter that place. We'll see. Yes. That, 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 that place is called Making Money Podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> That's Making that money? Uh, I keep on thinking it's, it's close to being uh, uh, related to the Sasquatch or the Loch Ness Monster. It's been heard about, it's been rumored about, but it has yet to actually be, be seen. That's true. That is true. Another, you know, I think we're, we, in life you learn everything, just about every deal in order to become rich at things. You must start off a rich man, you know what I mean, and then you can become richer or poor. Remember, right? remember Matt, the the best way to become a millionaire is start out as a billionaire. I know, a surefire, the only true surefire way of doing things. Yeah, but luckily, me and Alexander Hawk both started off as billionaires. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. how we're able to have these great studios that you see us and hear us coming from and doing a big style, you know. Uh, COVID does not affect us. We are in bubbles at all times. Bubble boy. We keep we're like at with like old school astronaut helmets around our heads. You know yeah. what I mean? Like submarine diving helmets, but um, you know, COVID 2020, 2021 style helmet gear, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matthew Fisher would be John Travolta, Bubble Boy, and I would be Jake Gyllenhaal, Bubble Boy. I support that to the fullest. Did we ever talk about getting into Bubble Boy on the show? We did. I remember one of our previous, I forget which one, we did talk about the John Travolta Bubble Boy because I know you brought that up and you talked about how how uh, it was really good and, and, and you really liked it. And yeah. um of course, the only one that I ever saw 
was the unfortunate uh, Jake Gyllenhaal bubble boy, which was over-the-top, campy, extremely stupid, and no heart whatsoever. It's obvious that they took the original idea and thought, hey, this just do a dumbass comedy. Wow, that's very, you're being very hard on the film. Yeah. The film was not a good film. It had Vern Troyer, your boy, in it. Um, the late. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, the thing is, I I enjoyed Jake Gyllenhaal, and I, I I love Vern Troyer, but also uh, Danny Trejo was in it. Also, the my favorite part about um, that that Bubble Boy film is uh, the five hundred dollar pot with it. Five hundred dollar, and they go back and forth. They like go back and forth when they're all excited about five hundred dollar. Oh, yeah, yeah. I vaguely remember that. I remember that being the highlight of the whole film, yeah. All I remember about the movie is watching it, and I'm like, uh, this is probably one of the dumbest comedies I've ever seen. I mean, I I was like, I want to watch Dude, Where's My Car? so much after watching that movie, because out of dumb comedies... Uh, dude, where's my car? Is like a hundred percent better than Bubble Boy. Wow! Yeah, and that movie is is definitely not great. Dude, where's my car? Actually, has a weird little special place in my heart. I don't know why. I think I like it. Was uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. You know that movie came out at a weird time, and that was a big deal at the time when the movies kind of. I should rewatch it because I remember it being like very bad, and I and I was like, there was like a follow, like not a following, but there was a people popped over that movie when it came out. That had quite a little stir. Honestly, as far as I'm concerned, the best part in that movie, dude, where's my car? Yeah. Okay. Is there's one small scene where you have the hero Sean William Scott and Ashton Kutcher, and they're captured by Brent Spiner. Which you know anyone who's a Star Trek fan knows as uh, Commander uh, Data from uh, Next Generation, yeah. and Andy Dick, okay, from News Radio, both of them in 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 there, and it it is one great of cult the, leader figure. Great cult, both of them would be great cult leaders in films. Yeah, well, in this one, you know, they were uh, like sci- they were they were almost Heaven's Gate type people, weren't they? No, no, no. See. That was a whole other subplot that they were not involved with. Okay. Um, the thing is that Asha Kutcher and Sean William Skyder, they end up like falling into like an emu preserve or an ostrich preserve. I okay. Think. I and, 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 and uh, Brent Spiner is the one that, you know, is protecting the ostriches. And Andy Dick is like a poacher that he captured a while ago that has a long beard that's in the cell next to the heroes of the movie. Yes. The, said, the days of the, the, the three, three, three to five minute Andy Dick cameo in a movie. Those were good yeah. times. Well, either way, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, in that movie, that was the best part. Yeah, yeah. I um, There's a lot. You know, Andy Dick, that employee, the month movie with Dane Cook. Andy Dick was the only funny part about that movie, if I remember correctly, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think Andy Dick gets as much credit uh, for. I I I enjoy him. Uh, I I enjoyed his stuff. He gets just enough credit to have the fame that he has. I'd say Mm. he'll he'll be even after he's dead. His he'll be 
Andy Dick, the name Andy Dick will last for quite a, a long time. Um, so with that being said, like, there you go. You have that. You got yeah. that little deal for him. I think his biggest accomplishments to the, to the world of art. So I've never seen his stand up. Um, I've, for some reason, I've always figured it to be a weird, like, mixture of carrot top and, like, um, very, like, obscure, weird, um, uncomfortable humor type stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why I assume him to be a prop comedian. I don't know. I, I doubt. I don't think. I, I honestly don't. Like I be. don't know. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. my introduction to him was news radio, and I loved that. Of course, show. that's whatever. Yeah, of course. But um, yeah. But anyway, let's move on from from that dick. You tired to, of talking about dick? I was going to say. Hey, hey! Someone had to say it. Someone had to throw out the dick. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, you know. We haven't been on the air for, well, like almost, uh, we, the last Boom Basticast episode, I think, was right before Halloween, because, um, did we have one in between? We had, maybe we, no, I, I think, because, I, I think we, cause we, we, do the, we dropped the monthly episodes, so we might not have, because we did uh, Halloween, although, yeah, we probably, had, we had a Thanksgiving episode, I think. Good. Yeah, I so think the Thanksgiving so. episode is probably the last, last deal. But then we had the 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 boom. Every all the shows instead of everybody doing their own special, everybody on the Boombastic Media Network gathered for um, like holiday, the, the Halloween and Christmas specials uh, that we get down with. You know what I mean? That's kind of the deals. That's how we get Diesel with it. Dustin Diamond just passed Screech. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I'm. I mean, I grew up watching Saved by the Bell and, and all that. And uh, as as I think a lot of people, I mean, Dustin Diamond is literally the only person that was in every re- every re- uh, incarnation of Saved by the Bell except the, the new one on Peacock. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things, it's funny because it's one of those things that people have been Putting up and making comments is, of course, his old castmates are now saying, oh, sorry, you know, rest in peace, blah, 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 which is nice that, you know, they're showing that, you know, they're, they're sad and that he, he's passed. But um, what gets me is that the definitely the cold shoulder, and I'm not saying that he didn't deserve some of it, but they have, they like every possible reunion and all that, they've always... You know, ex nade both Dustin and also Voorhees, who play Lisa Turtle. Yeah. And, and of course, now Dustin has passed, so any possible chance of bringing them back is, 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 is a, a no-go. And, I mean, and the thing is that, you know, I was watching some interviews that he's done within, like, the last three years, and it's obvious that, you know, he realized he made some mistakes, and was trying to, you know, uh, kind of bridge the gap between his old uh, colleagues. And, of course, you know, other than Mario Lopez, who seemed to be the only one that brought him on his show to talk to. Yeah. And everyone else seemed to pretty much give him the middle finger until, you know, he's dead like, oh, yeah, we we love you, we miss you. And it's kind of like... uh, he couldn't have done this when he was alive. He had to, he had to die for you to 
you know, try to show that, you know, all is forgiven or whatever, which, you know, I, I just find extremely hypocritical. Yeah, well, the whole deal with him is that he, um, you know, after everybody thought, you know, Saved by the Bells run its course and there isn't going to be any more anything, he thought he would try, you know, for, for some money and some fame, he thought he would try and cash in a little bit. And I think he wrote a tell-all book, uh, which yeah. didn't, paint, didn't paint anybody anybody other than himself in a good light. Um, who knows what the, the truth, the reality to what he put in the book is. I think he apologized for it, so he must have either felt bad about spilling truth or, uh, you know, in situations like that, sometimes they do, yeah. they're not like writers, so they'll hire writers, you know what I mean? And yeah. the writer will say, I'm going to plump, I'm going to make this a little more juicier. And they might say, you know, I don't really want to. That's kind of fucked up. And they'll go, do you want to sell books? And they'll go, I do want to sell books. They'll go, we'll plump it up a little bit. And, you know, we won't go too crazy. Maybe we'll just exaggerate in certain places where you said that they were, you know, a little pricky, you know what I mean? Or a little bitchy, however you will. And, um... And then it just kind of gets plumped into it. And then they go, after the fact, they go, uh, well, you know, I'll, I blame the writer. I apologize. You hear a lot of that. So who knows how much of that's reality. And if maybe they're. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, he definitely, he definitely made, um, made a comment that he had the ghostwriter and that, you know. Of course, of know, course. He'd, uh, you know. And, and the impression I got was, you know, he hit on hard times. He wasn't doing really well. Um, I know, for example, um, uh, the live action Scooby Doo. Okay, right. I know that when when they were trying to do that, like in the early uh, early times, I know that Dust Diamond himself tried to petition and tried to get himself to play, of course, the Shaggy character mm-hmm. in that live action. And of course, we all know that it went to Matthew Lillard. Right. And and the thing is that like I said, I I don't know Dusty Diamond personally or anyone else from the Saved by the Bell cast. Uh the impression I constantly got watching like the show and from the uh, little bits I, I, I saw in interviews was that uh it while you have Saved by the Bell that the the uh the characters on screen and all that and of course, they all seem to get along and all of that, which of course is not a hundred percent, you know, how everything is because you know they're doing it for the screen. But I always got the impression that you know, Screech. I mean, Screech played the nerd, and and in any kind of like um, high school reality in the real world, yeah. if you had uh, those exact same characters. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, everyone exactly like that. Um, the Screech character would never be in that group. Well, that's why they that that was a ploy to make them more likable. Yeah, and and, and 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 the and the thing is that unfortunately, you know, when your entire career or, or whatever is is you know pretty much uh, just there to bolster and and make those guys look better, and it's obvious that. Also, another thing is he was like I think two years younger than the the other cast members. Yeah, and you know, I mean, now at our age, we're like, oh, that doesn't mean much. But in high school, in in grade school, all that, those two years means a lot. 
and especially in how people react and, and work with each other, especially if you're kids. So I can uh, only so, assume that, I mean, I can only assume that, you know, it's just that whether it was intentional or not, that he probably was uh, lit out of a lot of things during the, you know, progression of, of the uh, sitcom. I remember in the, in the 90s, I dated Tiffany Amber Thiessen for a little bit. And she told me that the writers on Saved by the Bell were, uh, you know, they were always trying to figure out ways breakfast club style to make <laughs> it look like uh, <laughs> everybody was pal, buddy, 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 going over there. <clears throat> Not yeah, we never were labeled. It was just, we just had sex all the time. We didn't label it a relationship. Oh, man, you didn't invite me over? <laughs> if I knew you at that time. I don't know. She was she's a good girl. She wouldn't go for both. Yeah. She wouldn't go for both, bud. Um, but yeah, you know, he had a lot of, you know, issues. He also do you remember he was a stand up for a little bit. I don't think that ever went as great for him as he wanted it to. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I remember he did that for a little bit. Let me check technology over there. Um but he I remember he had a dildo at one point. He had a plat like a fucking a mold of his dick made that you could buy the screech dildo. Hey, did man, a porno? Did a I'm, porno film as well? Yeah, Saved by the Smell, I think is the name. Is that what it was? Wow, man! Yeah, Screech would have been a fun guest, and he's kind of a dude. Like he had a very weird look. Like I, I when you think, when you see him in those first couple, see all of them really, all the seasons yeah. of Saved by the Bell, dude. He has such a unique. You get used to it really. Um, as as time progresses, he almost had like a a Larry from the Three Stooges type fucking appeal. Yeah. Um. And he kind of played that part too, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, sad. That, at forty-four, I think he was. That's definitely yeah, super sad. I know that he wasn't involved with. They they just did some type of spinoff where like AC Slater is the principal or something yeah. like that, and they all make cameos um, except for him. I think even Lisa. Uh, I think she did return. Well. This is what I heard. I don't think she's returned yet. I know that um, because, you know, uh, both Dustin and and, and uh, the actress who played uh, Lisa were yeah. mentioned as, like, the only two that never, you know, showed up in cameos. They're like, oh, okay, I guess we'll, we'll do a cameo for them. And, of course, you know, since Dustin now has passed, that'll never happen for him. But uh, I believe there is a work for Lisa to come back at, in the cameo role. I was going to say, you better believe she'll be back next season before she goes oh, yeah. uh, hanging herself up or something because she's the only one left out. Yeah, I remember she was like, they, they claimed she was difficult or something like that. Well, I mean, from what I read, uh, I get, I think she has bipolar disorder, which, you know, yeah. anyone with a disorder, I mean, of course, you know, doesn't... I mean, it's it's terrible for the person going through it, and a lot of people who either don't understand or don't want to understand the the difficulties of those kind of uh, diagnoses either don't understand how to deal with people, and they just find it easier just to well, we're not going to deal with them because it requires me to do more to uh, bring them in. So. And bi- isn't bipolar just a temperature issue in your house? Can't you just have like a an electrician come in and figure out your heating? 
<laughs> uh, no, from, no, I'm messing well, I around. That, 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 that's uh, not how you take it. We send love to all our bipolar people. There's many that work on the cast and crew of of the Boombastic cast. But uh, fa- bipolar is my favorite generic soda to drink too when I'm going <laughs> through the grocery store. The um, but yeah, it was sad. I was very sad to see Dustin Diamond go. Like I said, he's kind of. You know, Ben and helped himself make a mockery of himself, you know, for 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 the last maybe 10, 15 of his life. I think he did some of that celebrity boxing, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Too. He boxed Todd Phillips, if yeah, I remember he did, correctly. Uh, celebrity boxing. I think he also did uh, uh, another reality show. Like, you know, I don't think it was Big Brother, but I think it was something along those oh, lines. Oh, he did um, like Surreal Life. He did Surreal Life? Which was the glory times of VH1 reality show. The Surreal Life was like, the Surreal Life, as trashy as it was, was like actually like almost a little golden era of um, fucking reality show filth. Like half those people, if if they're not dead on that show, they're locked up in prison or like (laughs) fucking locked away in a rehab or mental hospital somewhere. Those are those are true warriors of entertainment right there. They shouldn't give Survivor credit. They should be given fucking golden TVs, the fucking, the surreal life, the true, the true veterans that gave their life for entertainment. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, mean, like I said, uh, it's a shame that they could never patch it up. And I mean, for me, uh, I mean, when I watch Saved by the Bell, I honestly only watch for Screech because first of all, I think he was the only funny character in the group. And also, he was the most relatable character in the group. Everyone else, I mean, even when they uh, threw in like, you know, uh, you know, different things for the different characters to to fight or deal with, whether it's addiction, whether it's bullying, whether it's anything else, you know, they just, you know, it, it just, you, I personally didn't care. But um, I mean, Dustin Diamond I and mean, Screech. He was the reason I watched the show. And he was the only one that was there when Saved by the Bell was uh, Good Morning, Miss Bliss, which was the original vehicle, uh, which was, uh, forget the actress names, he was uh, on the Mickey Mouse Club. But um, Ryan Gosling? No, no, no. It, it, uh, I forget her name. Anyway, and then, you know, went to Saved by the Bell, and then, you know, did he even watch- came back for the new class, which only lasted, I think, a season. Was it the college years? Did they ever have a college years, or was it the new class? Well, no, they had the college years, and then they had the new class afterwards. That was their attempt to try to keep it going without the okay. original cast, and that only lasted like like a, like a season or maybe two seasons. That was the one Belding, only Belding came back for, right, I think? No, 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 no. Belding. And Screech. Screech came back. Screech Damn, came I thought, back. I thought there was one that even Screech said no to. Well, unfortunately, I mean, it, it's one of those things when you're an actor and you get a, like a, a kind of role that kind of cements you. And that was kind of the thing with um, uh, with uh, Dusty Diamond is that he kept on trying to get out the stuff, but people just wanted him and saw him as Screech. So... If he did anything else, it was extremely, you know, uh, few and far between. 
We got caught. Yeah, you get, it's the child actor thing. Screech was pretty much like the white version of the Urkel character in a way. You know what I mean? Where yeah, if, yeah, but but the and, difference is that uh, Jaleel White, who played boy, Urkel, was able to get out of that. I don't think so. Uh, he's um, but if you say so, now. if you say so, huh? He, he's still doing film and TV now. Oh, was he a production assistant? No, no. I've been no. seeing it. <laughs> No, I'm just joking on Jaleel. I'm down with Jaleel. He's my boy. Yeah. But, like, he probably he wanted to be an actor, and it's so hard to break out of that mold that, like, yeah. you know what I mean? People, I, mean, I, feel for, I feel for them. I feel for them, folks, because, yeah, you get a passion for it. You get that deal, and then you, nobody can see past you being that character anymore. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, mean I feel so. I was saying real quick before we leave topic, I was saying both those characters kind of were the same deal in the stories of it with the family matters. You know, they're both kind of, I think, characters that weren't supposed to be as big as they became. You know what I mean? And the audience really. Lo- I know the Urkel character was literally supposed to just be an annoying neighbor and that was it. And he became they could have called they could have called that show Urkel by the end of that show, you know, and people were called like and on the street, motherfucker. People were calling that show. You catch Urkel last night. They weren't saying family matters anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is that it's it's a bit different in the fact that, well, like I said, for me, Screech was always the big thing of Saved by the Bell, but yeah. it was still always an ensemble show and and he never became like i mean Ma, uh, uh Gaz, uh um the, the guy who plays zach i mean he was always the star of saved oh, by the bell from uh, beginning paul mark to Glazier, end. i think huh paul mark glazier or uh, paul, paul mark, mark paul glazier could be i don't know i don't know i mean, whenever i showed up on set to see tiffany uh the Zach Morris character was always on my nuts, dude, t- telling me how much you wanted to be me and shit. Yeah, it was it was, it was humbling. It was very hey, humbling hey, I, I I can I can believe that. Yeah, but yeah, you know, that's I what mean, I told you. Yeah, but with uh, Jaleel White, like you said, yeah. he was supposed to be just like an annoying neighbor for like a couple of episodes, and then of course he he kind of skyrocketed and kind of almost became like uh, bigger than the show itself. So. You know who I really, you know who I really hated on Family Matters. Ooh. It was Eddie. Eddie's the fucking the yeah. oldest son, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I wanted to headbutt Eddie until he was fucking dead. <laughs> it was just something about him that was just like I hated it. And he because he get he thought he was bad to the bone. He'd go out there and he did, he was a if you were with him and you guys got in trouble, he was ratting you out for a second. He could get and his dad would cover it up for him and you'd be going into the fucking clink. That's that's all I ever thought of when I because he'd always catch himself in these weird predicaments that would be like, oh yeah, there'd be real trouble behind that, and I knew. And uh, just as a kid, I was always like, that motherfucker gonna get get off on this, except except when those cops pulled him over and gave him hard times because he was black. I remember that episode. Yeah, his bro, his buddy Waldo, I liked a lot better. Waldo was the shit. Oh yeah. I loved Waldo. There was the girl, Waldo's girlfriend, that was fucking smoking hot. Rest in peace. Passed really young, sad stuff. Yeah. Um, And uh, Laura, Laura was a little, I always, I didn't really like Laura that much because she was, she was so cold to fucking Steve when she wasn't that fucking hot shit to begin with. I always felt. Carl Winslow's the man. Fucking love Carl Winslow. How could you not fucking love Carl Winslow? Uh, Yeah. I mean. He's diehard. Oh yeah, I mean he 
he's an actor that I have a lot of respect for. I really like him. I'm, I'm deep down. I just wish that he was in more stuff because I mean that's how much I, I really uh, like him. And every time I see him, you know, I was like, and and the thing is, while well, yeah, like you said, um, Jaleel White had kind of uh, become the big thing in family uh, problems, but the only reason that he kind of worked was because uh, you had Carl, you know, as as kind of the straight man, and it was kind of that kind of um, comedy duo between the two of them that really made oh, yeah. made, made the series the best so, the I best mean, laugh the best laughs, not the cut off the big men. Uh, the white Carl Winslow over there. Uh, the <laughs> best laughs that that show ever had was when fucking Carl was getting super pissed at, like those moments when he's so pissed, he's just like shaking and shit. Yeah. Those were like the funniest moments of that show. I love that show. Boom cast. I'm saying it now this season. I want to start this. I want us to pick a show that we both love and I want us to sit down and for the bonus section of this show, we're going to go, we're going to watch a beloved fucking eighties sitcom show and we're going to commentate uh funny stuff over it and knowledgeable and heart-wrenching we get the hawk man on the show so when the hawk man on the show you're going to hear teardrops hitting the microphone for any heartfelt uh tv scenarios yeah i'm i'm a softie i'm trying to hide in my age which doesn't seem to be working we also but, lost uh, miss leachman yeah glorious leachman uh that was another uh, big big um Big uh, loss. Yeah. You know, a part of many things, many TV and films. I will always remember her as playing the the, the witch in the greatest Hansel and Gretel film of all time. Um, And I don't know how to decipher. It was done in the 90s, I believe, early 90s. Um, if you, if you, you know, there are, there's like fucking 80 of them called Hansel and Gretel. Just find the one with her. And that's the one to watch. That was <laughs> the one that Disney channel, I think it was, would always play. Uh, and it was the shit, the absolute bum dick. Very sad to see her pass up. Sad yeah, stuff. I mean, I mean, uh, 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 comedy, uh, uh, legend. I mean, Definitely one of the funniest uh, women ever to be on screen. Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, you got Young Frankenstein. You got uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. You got uh, um, you know, pretty much any, any film that she was in that Mel Brooks directed. I mean, she, yeah, she was iconic. She definitely be missed. Huge. It's one of those, yeah. She's one of those iconic folks, you know, as you go, you almost see like, like you, this people are just attached to so many iconic films. You, you see parts of the films die when they go. It's very, un, very unfortunate. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you remember anybody else off the top of your head that passed away in the last couple months? Oh, I know. I don't, we, we weren't, we weren't going to go into this, but I figured if, if, if we, I'm trying to uh, think. I mean, there's. I know we talked there about was a couple a lot of people that that left. Um, yeah, we'll do a memoriam episode. We'll do more of a memoriam episode, but let's hop yeah, into some. Um, Hal Holbrook. That's oh, just movie. recently, just recently, yeah. Hal Holbrook, classic. Yes, uh, yes, 
and and I would be so remiss if I did not say him. I mean, it's sometimes when you, you you're thinking of an actor, you only see the face but not the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what took me a little while just to. But yeah, Hal Holbrook, that another legendary actor that unfortunately also passed away recently. Yeah, you know, um, of course, horror people know him, cult, cult classic. You got like a creep show. He's all over the creep show film. I just recently watched him. Um, um, Sons of Anarchy. We we rewatched Sons of Anarchy, and I forgot he was even in that. And he's in like the, he, that was probably the last couple of years of his life. And you could tell he's very old, but the dude's phenomenal. Even at the, you know, when people get old and they just lose it, you know what I mean? This dude did not fucking lose it one bit. The, 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 there was a scene of him showing emotion and being feeling he had Alzheimer's, I believe it was, and he was supposed to be very confused with what's going on and kind of lost with the situation. And um, the, the way he played it, you know, with t- real tears in his eyes, Big, big open eyes of just kind of wondering what's going on with the tears in it and the lost look. It like it made it gave you the feels, you know. That's how great of an actor he was. So yeah, rest in peace. We'll figure out some type of memoriam type situation to do, um, you know, for 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 the big old cast. But uh, as we're cruising, as we're cruising, we'll pop in. You know, the last four months. Well, what have we been up to the last four months? I guess we should pop into that a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. You know. Um, the, I think we, when we laughed, la- last left off with folks, I think we were talking about things, special treatment was yeah. kind of the project right there. You know, with COVID uh, in the midst, it was kind of a tough year, even though shooting was done on it. You know, getting back and forth with, with you know, the, the editor and such and uh, getting the last of what we needed. No, yeah, no hard times to the editor. Uh, <laughs> I blame the, 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 stu- the, the, the editing house producers. Yeah, uh, we'll yeah. Blame them for everything. Um, yeah, um, but, you know, everything happens, and then the way that it was going to be distributed was, um, you know, if we're going all out there, I mean, yeah, we had it. You know, we were going to have an animation in it that when we reached out to our boy, our our, our regular animator gentleman, you know, we felt the the, the date that we were going to be getting it back was not um, going to work with the schedule that we were hoping to keep. Uh, so we had to take another route with it. So yeah. the other route. Um, is what we'll tease and say it's not animated, but it's going to be, I think, just as effective and cool, I think, personally. Yeah. But yeah, so, and for a while, we didn't know how to release it. Originally, last year was the fifth anniversary of DJ, and we did have a handful of dates set up for DJ all over the good old US of A um, to, to do some stops in different cities and play it. Um, and the idea was that that special treatment was going to open it up like that. it was going to be the short film and that it was going to be the, the DJ screening. Yeah. And because of COVID, that, of course, nothing really happened last year. So that didn't happen. And as well as, you know, our good buddy, Tony, who we do our anthology films with from the UK, um, he was going to do there was a period of time, you know, a lot of our shorts usually end up on those anthology films. And um, there was a small period of time where he was not going to do those films anymore. But I hear those films are happening again. So they'll most likely end up on there. Um, There's also some Alexander Hawk directorial efforts that'll probably find their way on some future anthology films as well. Uh, And if anybody out there follows our Boombastic Media YouTube page, 
they could probably see some shit up there if they went and go searching. Because um, we always put some stuff up on there for the fanos. Maybe some stuff that shouldn't be up there. You never know. Um, goes up there for the folks to care. You know what I mean? So as far as special treatment goes... Um, on our, our, we did a Halloween and Christmas episode, like I said before, I believe at the end of the Halloween episode, we, um, we showed, we announced for the first time that the film was going to be called special treatment and as well as we released the poster, the, the, the first poster, uh, the official poster for that short film. So if anybody really wants to go see what that is, check out the Halloween episode on the Boombastic media page for 2020. Or you could probably go on IMDb and just look up the project on our page and see the poster, too. Either way. Yeah, but if you want the Halloween episode, it's a lot more fun. We'll take the hit like a fucking, like, smoking weed. We'll take that hit. Um, But, yeah, so special treatment. Be on the lookout to catch it in your eye sockets, hopefully soon. Um, Either on an anthology film. We'd love to screen it somewhere, but with COVID... Uh, I don't know where that's going, and uh, I do know that I don't. I, I in my heart of hearts, unfortunately, I don't feel like uh, we'll be getting to a place of screening movies with public and all that jazz for quite a little bit. Even even after it's okay, I think we'll still feel the pain of that. But um, thank God for podcasting is what I'll say in a time like this. Um, and with that being said. Uh, we could hop into the podcasting thing. You know, 2020 was big for this market right here that we're in. You know, where you're hearing this show right now is, you know, we've had other shows kind of popping on this platform for a little bit. We have the Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie show, um, which is more of like a horror culture show. They talk horror movies, um, you know, books, music, you name it. It's on there. If you like horror, anything horror, TV, you name it. Um, That'd be your deal. We got that. We've got mostly ghostly where those folks talk about the paranormal and the unexplainable. You know what I mean? Crypto stuff. Yeah. All types of weird subspecies. You want to when when you're sleeping and you see shadows move across your room and you you want you kind of wonder what that is. You listen to that show. You'll probably find out exactly what you're dealing with and then they'll tell you how to get rid of it or what you need to do. There's also Behold, Behold, Behold. Um, listed is just one Behold, though. Behold, a pale podcast. Uh, that's on that. That's kind of like a, you know, a truth or discussion type thing. Um, they don't like to be. Uh, they don't like to be called a conspiracy show because of the burden that comes with that. Um, it's like. Uh, you know, people just think that you're automatically saying that the Sandy Hook shooting didn't happen and you're jumping to 9-11 um, was like ants and all this crazy stuff that like upset people. But that shows more. I've listened to it myself, guys. That shows more of a they kind of take cons- different theories that people have and they'll discuss it, the realities of, you know, what it could be. And through the discussion, they try and figure out by the end of the conversation what they think as a group really went down in that situation. Uh, very interesting stuff. Um, so though you have, you know, 2020 has been big. All those shows kind of really popped off. I feel in 2020, 
uh, under the Boombastic Media banner, you know, uh, Boombastic Media YouTube page uh, is killing it. Uh, so pop that up. There's also a Boombastic streaming Patreon page out there for anybody who wants to check it out and support. Um, but yeah, they're just going and going. There's uh, holiday um, episodes where you catch all them on the Boombastic YouTube page. You know, that's a new thing, yearly thing. Right now we just started with two in 2020 where we did, Ooh, excuse me, burped. We did a Halloween one and we did a Christmas one. Um, I know this year Shock Treatment is planning a 420 special that'll be up there. Um, so that'll be three for the year so far. And you never know, other shows might incorporate stuff and maybe the Boombastic cast might have their own little deal up on that, you know. I know this year we 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 all the shows are are fucking knocking it out of the park with guests so far. Um, Behold, a pill podcast isn't really a guest type show, um, but they have some guests on. But the other shows, shock treatments, a lot of great horror fucking people coming on, filmmakers, actors, you name it, they're all on there. Um, mostly ghostly, all types of people, investigators, you know, authors. Um, you know, international speakers on spirituality, uh, all types of crazy stuff. Just really good, awesome, fun, entertaining stuff. Um, yeah, I'm real proud, man. How you feel about the? I know you're involved with it. How you feel about the whole podcasting thing that Boombastic Media has been doing over the last year? Well, I gotta say, I mean, when I uh, podcasting started, I really didn't think one way or the other. Um, well, I'm having fun. It's it's a lot of um, fun, you know, talking about uh, different things and putting out your viewpoints and listening to other people's viewpoints. And and the big thing is, and I think Matt will agree with me, is that uh, no matter what show we are doing, and what I like about our shows a little bit more than others, other than the fact, of course, we're in them is the the fact that uh, we don't push any of our ideas or agendas or anything like that. We tell you how we feel, how we think, and uh, you take what we say. You can either agree with us. You could not agree with us, um, which is fine. I mean, we're not expecting you to agree with anything we, we say, but, you know, it's just an open discussion. And sure. if you're open to the idea of an open, free expression of ideas, whether it's about film, whether it's about, you know, uh, weird uh, theories that are out there, or whether, you know, it's about the paranormal. I mean, the thing is, we're here to, you know, just to dis- discuss. And if you're cool with just listening to some people's opinions and, you know, you can take from what we say and then go from that. I support that. I like that. Good. That's good deals. That's good deals for sure. You know, it's good. The part with the, like I was saying about the filmmaking thing, you know, we make, we, you know, we make indie film. That's where we came from. We love it. We're still going to do it. You know what I mean? Of course, you know, people, we, we, we've picked up. So we do four shows pretty much on the network. Now, a lot of people have said, you know, what you guys still doing film? And of course we are. We love film. Film's very difficult to do right now. Um, and this, we, I was kind of, it's kind of a blessing in disguise in a weird way that we got so heavy into podcasting, I think, um, that we were getting our feet wet before kind of the COVID deal. You know, the last couple of years, we really kind of been, 
doing it. You know, um, you know, it goes far back as when we were which on Chase's time tunnel show on um, WMFO, uh, Tufts Radio, College Radio would go on that all the time and, you know, kind of just kind of get comfortable and get, learn the fucking vibes of it all. And, you know, from that, you know, shock treatment, when shock treatment went to um, fucking WBOB um, in uh, Rhode Island, you know, uh, like that more pirate radio type deal. Um, it's just all kind of honing the deal and figuring out how to do shit. And then, you know, now we, 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 we're doing uh, four shows. It's a beautiful deal. But yeah, film, we still love film to death. The Hawkman's still acting, of course. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, we ain't slowing down with the film. It's just a little more difficult to make them at this moment. You know what I mean? Um, unfortunately, I do feel that it's going to be a, a difficult to make these films for a while. I think even Hollywood films right now, you know, I, I heard every four days they have to get tested. And on a higher budgeted indie film like The Hawkman just came back from, you know, I know what was it? he had to go going and coming from. You had to get tested and all that, both, you know, both leaving and coming twice both ways, um, you know, and it's just kind of, you know, it, it, we do these really kind of low budget. Like you could call them no budget when you're talking about these Hollywood films. They're really no budget. They're not no budget to us because we're kind of putting everything we have into them. But um, in the big scheme of things, they're kind of these no-budget films. When you're making films like this, you know, a lot of folks will come into the fray in the mix of things because, you know, they want to help out or they got passion to do it and stuff. And those are the backbone of the films. And it's a lot to kind of ask of somebody to pop in and help out for a 12-hour day when you can't pay them and stuff like that. And just their passion and support system pushes them to, you know, get through but now we're like in a weird place with the, all the stipulations that covid brings with the mass and you know all, all all that you know everything that comes with it and uh it's a lot to ask for somebody that's helping you out of just being cool so i think that we're gonna feel that pain for a little bit and even when things are cool and maybe masks can come off i think we'll still the impact of this is going to be um, and it's not just film, it's everything. I'm not whining about us. I'm just saying in general, I think the impact is going to be here a lot longer than the actual, mentally the impact is going to be here longer than the physical impact, of course, you know what I mean? But we still love film and we're still doing films behind the scenes, you know what I mean? Which we'll get into a little bit um, um, right now, I guess, motherfucker, I guess. So like 2008, 2008 right that's the that's when the world really ended and now we're in a simulation but uh no 2020 you know um documentary was kind of high rule for me you know we got to we got to do um the 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 well first of all you know the american sasquatch uh anthology film popped off in 2020 which was cool you know uh, from wild eye releasing released it with us it was us and four other segments, uh, Sasquatch related, you know, had a very mostly ghostly type vibe to it. You know, that was fun to do. Um, Wild Eye is a good company that we, we support. We like, we've been kind of following them for a little bit. So it was good to see that. I think Trome, we even had, so we Wild Eye and Tromer, I think released some of our stuff in, in, in 2020, which is cool. You know what I mean? I think on the underground, those two names are, right there you know what i mean for uh, a peak of the pile for it you know what an institution the story of um the police academy doc 
that's coming along. That's getting ready to drop pretty soon. That was a pleasure to be a part of. Really cool stuff. Love the Police Academy franchise. As I know, the Hawkman loves it over there. Um, hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. You know, great folks over there involved with that. They're also the f- folks behind um, the Night of the Demons, Night of the Demons documentary they got kicking over there, you know what I mean, which is a lot of fun. I know the Hawkman's not the biggest, you know, horror fan. Um, oh, but, you know. I mean, I, I mean it, it's, I'm, I'm a horror fan in training. I, I still have a lot of catch-up to do. I am – there's, there's Fair a enough. I'm a fan of. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the party's just begun. The legacy of Night of the Demons. You know, our good pal Chris McGibbons up on that thing, as well as all the folks from over at the uh, the, the police doc, police academy dock and shit. So that was cool. And we had, of course, American Sasquatch drop uh, this year through Wild Eye releasing, which was cool. We were uh, boombastic. Had one of five segments on that anthology film, which was cool. Nice change up, you know. I like the set anthologies with a little less people on them. Those are fun. Um, Bigfoot was the topic of choice uh, in this. So, you know, if anybody digs that, uh, get down with Bigfoot. Definitely pop on the Amazon.com and grab yourself an American Sasquatch today. Support your boys at the Boombastic and filmmakers all over the world. And if you catch us in public like Bigfoot, we'll sign that motherfucking DVD for your ass. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, if you know what I mean, which I, you know, Hawk usually knows what I'm talking about. I know what you mean. You know, with that being said, the Hawkman's been fucking killing it, though. He's been branching out into the world, uh, all over the world, actually, you know. What's going on? We got Attack of the Unknown. I know it's out on DVD now, right? Yep, uh, Attack of the Unknown, which is out on DVD. It's on Amazon Prime. And yeah. also, um, Amazon Prime has it on free right now. Ooh. So, hey, you can watch it without paying anything, which that's is, the you know, that's the best. That's my favorite. And, uh, that's the first project I did with the Mahal Empire. And, uh, and uh, I got a nice little small role in there as a convict, uh, and uh, I had a lot of fun on, on that set, and I, I really liked how it came out. And, yeah. and, and the thing is, I want to put out there, I mean, if you like, you know, the, the 50s type alien B-movie feeling, th- this is a modern uh, 50s alien B-movie, uh, pretty much. If you like that kind of stuff, this is a movie for you. If you're expecting Independence Day, uh, watch Independence Day. But th- this is a lot of fun. If you like a uh, good, uh, you know, got aliens in rubber suits, some good CGI and some good action sequences, it's a movie for you. Very high production value as well. Oh, yeah. I-, I watched it. Uh, incredible. Definitely catch it. If you want to support the filmmakers are great people, Brandon Slagle, if I remember correctly, directed it. He's been a dude in the indie, indie world forever. Support indie filmmakers, of course, more so than your typical support the indie filmmakers that have been out there trying to do it for fucking years. Because, yeah. uh, because the that, indie filmmakers are the ones who actually, you know, uh, in, uh, actually care about what they're doing. Uh, the big budget films, uh, they just care about uh, getting your money. We got all love. We got all. We got love for all filmmakers, <laughs> ones that started yesterday and ones that have gone for twenty years, but uh, and, and and longer. 
Uh, but we definitely support supporting those ones that have gone 20 years. Uh, you know, there's something that if the, if the, even if the, the, even if the, the business doesn't tip a hat and give respect to those filmmakers, the Boombastic cast will, because uh, we honor the folks that still fight the good fight after people would say their heyday was done. They do it for the love of film uh, and fuck. Yeah. So props to them. Props, buddy. Props, props, props. Props to Slaggle. Go buy his movie. Check it out for free on Amazon right now and then go support that fucking go project. Go buy it. Then go hit him up and say, I watched that fucking movie. I heard about it on the Boombastic cast. My favorite part of the movie, saying your name, seeing your name in the director's spot and then watching Alexander Hawk fucking act. That's what you Thank tell you. him. Tell him Boombastic cast sent you. Tell him next time I want to see Alex Hawk starring in a Brendan Slaggle film. Yeah. Also, also, hey, if you guys do do uh, uh, watch uh, watch Attack of the Unknown and take a screenshot of yourself watching the movie oh, and send it to the Boombastic, I will send you a signed autographed picture. Oh, I thought you were going to say a hundred dollar bill. What the fuck? Huh? I thought you were going to say a hundred dollar bill. What the fuck? Hey, I, I don't even have a hundred dollar bill, man. Not, I don't think I've seen a hundred dollar bill. You can sell, you can sell that signed autographed eight by ten on eBay for four hundred bucks. I've seen them go that high. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. For anybody out there that don't give a fuck about what we do with film, that just want to laugh, we're gonna be doing all. This is just an introductory episode for you folks. So hopefully, you're getting laughs. But um. We'll talk about more crazy things as we get on. We're just kind of updating the world. Updating the world before our departure date, which we, the Boombastic cast has a Heaven's Gate departure date. <laughs> if we don't reach a certain amount of uh, views by certain dates, we depart. Our departure leaves. But with you guys' help out there and you ladies' help out there, when our departure date comes, they'll just be our bags put on the plane and we'll, we'll, tr- we'll fake our death skin. Um, but yeah, so a lot of shit. You also got, um, Bridge of the Doomed was popping off, uh, last year. And I know Bloodthirst, you want to talk about those films a little bit? Um, Bridge of the Doomed, I did, uh, now it's been about, uh, uh, I think two years for Bridge of the Doomed. It's, uh, another movie I did with the Mahals. Yeah. And, uh, Bloodthirst I did last year. I actually went to, Vegas to shoot that uh, during the middle of this uh, crazy pandemic uh, situation. And, crazy. Uh, and both of them are supposed to come out sometime this year. Um, uh, out of the two, I gotta say, uh, Bloodthirst, I'm really psyched about seeing it uh, for the fact that, you know, I got a, a big role in it and I got a lot of good screen time in it. So I'm psyched to see how Everything's put together. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun on set. Uh, so I'm really psyched to see how Bloodthirst comes out. And I got to work with the great and talented Costas uh, Mandalore, uh, Robert Lozardo, and the always beautiful and talented Tara Reid. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what I like to see. Um, the... Um... How was uh? You hear anything new on uh, Troma Shitstorm? No, the last thing I heard was they were still sending it to some festivals. I know last year 
They sent it to, I think it was a Fantasia Film Festival, which they did online, which I was able to log in and watch it. And uh, I was really happy. I I, I loved uh, how the uh, film uh, looked and how it was put together. Um, I mean, the big thing for me is I can't wait till they finally get on a DVD or Blu-ray. Yes, yeah. I really want to get myself a copy. Um, and also, I'm 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 happy uh, that I mean I was an extra in it, and I do get a nice, very good close-up in the film, which I'm totally psyched about. There's no extras in trauma films. There was <laughs> just future no trauma stars. There's no only trauma. Extras, the extras in Troma's films, if you will, are probably the most um, a mixed assortment of people that want to do a little bit of everything. You know what I mean? There's probably, you know, there's filmmakers in there. there. Whereas if you're going to Hollywood, say, you're going to get people who pretty much just want to act. You know what I mean? You're going to get, on Troma, you got actors, you got filmmakers, you have effects people, you have musicians, you know what I mean? You have all types of weird, you know, artists, um, animators, all types of cool yeah, stuff, because they're so much, loved. Chrome is the yeah, shit, the bomb dig. Very much anyone who has any creative bone in their body. Pretty much, and- yeah. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing those movies, man. Um, I, from the ones that I have seen and the promo, promo I've seen from it, I'm very interested in seeing it. All high production stuff makes me proud of the Hockenstein guy a little bit, you know what I mean? A um, little bit, not too much. I don't want to give him gigantic ego. Too late. I already got the giant ego. He's already got giant other things. Nah. You know what I'm talking about. Tumor. Ah, no! Um, horrifying, homie. Horrifying. Um, after, a scre- after a Dustin Diamond, big hour-long discussion about Dustin Diamond, you're going to throw a tumor joke in there, and the big man went down from the sea. I think cancer got him. Uh, some fast-acting cancer or something like that? Yeah, I think it was pancreatic cancer. I think that's oh, what... Oh, man, dude. Now, that's one of those ones they say it's very hard to come back from. Yeah. Sucks, dude. I knew, I know that they were... Um, from what I hear, at least, they were doing... I don't know if you remember if you watched the whole series, uh, the, the when they, the, the original series, there was a segment where a robot came into it. You'll probably, if you remember it, you'd probably like this gimmick. There's a robot that comes in and is Screech's friend for like a yeah. For, yeah, I remember that. I guess they were in development on a sh- on their own spinoff show of Screech and the Robot, which probably would have been a big fucking deal if you really think about that. Because people love Screech, whether you're watching for the train wreck or out of just being a fan of the the show. You can have a robot. There's going to be a lot of heart in it. I almost look at it in the the way of like a Cobra Kai. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you could have this dude, you could have this Screech character who, I don't know, probably would have been like picking up with him. He was divorced, kicked out of his house. He goes to a storage locker to put some shit in. Um, there's a beep he hears and he goes, what the fuck's that beep? He starts moving shit out. There's a robot under, under a fucking blanket. He pulls the robot. There's the wide shot inside of like the U-Haul storage place of the robot and him fa- facing each other for the first time in fucking 30 years. And then there's a shot of him driving with the robot in the car with him. Um, and then it like just goes from that, that point of him and his growing, uh, starting over a new life with his buddy robot. And they could have had so many different like emotional tie-ins that Cobra Kai did yeah. with like throwback to shit. And once the once the show started to pick up success, 
the only apology he would ever have to give to those people would offer them cameos, and they'd probably all do it. I feel, huh? Yeah. If they were, if if he was att- uh, attached to a show that was half as big as Cobra Kai is, and he reached out for cameos, which I almost don't know if he would, because the snub that he felt probably for getting fucked out of that that reboot. It depends what type of person he is. You know what I mean? If he's a type of forgive yeah. and let live or fucking fuck well, you type guy. I mean, you know? like I, I said before, I mean, I, I, I mean, he definitely seemed to be trying to, you know, uh, you know, mend fences and apologize for his uh, behavior. And I, like I said, I don't know him, um, but I mean, the impression I got when I saw him, he seemed, you know, legit. Uh, like he really did want to, you know, uh, mend fences and all that. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, we'll never 100% know because, well, you know, uh, his story has ended. He was a Dustin Diamond in the rough. Uh-huh. I just found our name of an episode right here. <laughs> But yeah, it was interesting. When I heard he died, I was a little shocked, you know, and I found I felt sad immediately just because it was like I've poked fun at the dude. The dude was a joke for a long time. And um, whether he brought it on himself or didn't, 44 man is still super fucking young. Yeah. I mean, go I out. there's only I a you, few years. Uh, I got a few more years to the head. Uh, I but, know. An actor never tells his age. Be careful. But yeah, and it was three weeks. It took him in like three weeks or something like that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like must have found it really late or something, but who knows? I mean, some of that stuff's really, really, um, you know, really kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but that robot show would have been cool to see. I would have been down with that robot show. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as far as current events go with, with the boom, the boom drastic of Bastic, um, we just shot a little small mini micro short written and directed by Ray Booten, GPS. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mostly ghostly Yep, one more little small deal on it. Um, and then uh, we'll be kicking, you know, that'll probably be on an anthology in, in itself. Um, you know, we got a couple of dogs, you know, that'll be getting uh, more info will be coming out on them pretty soon. Um. You know, right now with COVID being what it is, you know, the Wicked Hollow was supposed to be the next feature length film that we do. And it ain't it. I still want to do it. It's just right now we're kind of in a place where we're trying to figure out. We're trying to figure out the logistics of it. You know, it's almost like uh, these documentaries where we can just sit down with one person um, and interview them or maybe even do a Zoom type deal or something. You know what I mean? Seems like the safer route for the current time, so you'll probably see that. I know we have a couple in develop right now. We got a couple in development. I know Buddy's got one going. Mel's starting one up, um, and I got one that I wanna that I'm developing and just lining up the interviews for right now. Um, and more info will come out on them, you know, as, as we go further. If you if you care to hear about that stuff. Um, Check out the Boombastic Films Facebook page. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, for all anybody new, you know what I mean? This is kind of our deal. This is our gimmick. You know, this will be the first, the only episode to really kind of pitch ourselves to you, to you guys, <laughs> if you will. Um, I'm assuming 
previous people would carry on into this platform. Um, but any new people, this is kind of what we do. You know, we come on here, we do independent film. You'll hear us talking about a little biz talk a little bit. We're gigantic fans of the medium, of course. So you'll hear, you'll, you'll hear us talking about no budget films all the way to big budget films. We love television, pop culture. You'll be hearing us talk about all types of crazy things, music, books, you name it. Uh, bringing on fun guests, you know what I mean? Uh, really making this a cool cool type deal a lot of fun people like it love it have good times we don't have to worry about um bad things i guess if, if everybody can stay happy and, and and well entertained then the world will be a better place, place. but yeah it's been uh it's good to be uh, entering the digital age and uh, the, the, the the digital platforms of podcasting so we'll see how it goes and this was episode one, just catching everybody up to date. Uh, moving forward, it'll be all new stuff. We got new segments for folks. We got some old segments that we'll be bringing back. Like I said before, the YouTube show still happening, still going strong. You'll still be able to catch that monthly on the Boombastic Media page. And um, what you're getting right now is just an audio version where what we'll have is we'll have two episodes a month. You'll hear me and the Hawkman talk, do, bang out two episodes. And uh, from those two episodes, the best of that will work their way into the monthly episode. And uh, as well as whenever we have a guest, that guest will become the episode for that month. You know what I mean? So this is uh, good things. All right. Cool beans and the gang. Hawkman is uh, chilling. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about Bucharest. I was gonna cancel Bucharest. No, well, we're saving uh, Bucharest. We're saving Bucharest for the end. We're gonna get all the business out of the way. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were ending it, so that's why. I no, I was I was wrapping down all that stuff so we can go into the the happy stories because I never really even got the full stories of what the venture to Bucharest was because okay. you were you were unfortunately you were you were off the grid completely. Uh, we're no. People were waiting to get your head in a fucking UPS box with a ransom for a couple of days. That's how, that's how uh, off the grid you were. But um, yeah, hell yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, so that's all. That's the happenings right there. But with that being said, let's talk to the big man. The real reason why everybody came. We kept everybody on board, just waiting for this moment. But Alexander Hawk. The man, the myth, the legend made his first ever venture off of American soil to act on a film. And right now, we're going to hear all the details that have never been told before to anybody. Because while he was over there, this man had no communication with anybody. His Facebook got fucking disabled and shut down. Phone calls costed $3,000 fucking dollars. Texas were $750 a fucking word. He couldn't do anything. His mother gained fucking 40 pounds eating donuts and fucking drinking Mountain Dew Code Red. She couldn't control life. Everybody else in the family was all right. She was very disrupt. And then he returned. And that's when everybody else started eating heavily and gaining weight because they were just so happy to see him. But Alex, walk us through this journey, first of all. Why are you going? Why? Let's start from the beginning. Why are you going where you went? 
let's go. Okay. Um, I went to Bucharest, which is in Romania. Yes. Um, vampires. Yes, yes. Va- vampires live there. Yes. But uh, I was cast in a film called Adrenaline, uh, directed by Max Cerci. And uh, uh, the role I had uh, was uh, this guy, Tony, who is a hacker and uh, does a lot of dealings on the dark web. Did you wait real quick? Did you say hack hacker or hack actor? <laughs> oh, okay. My bad, hacker. my bad. No, no, no. Yes, I, got yes. I, I got you now. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, uh, and of course, uh, the uh, heroes come to me for help getting information. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, big names uh, in this uh, film is uh, you have Louis Mandalore, which you might know. From uh, uh, my big fat Greek wedding, he played the uh, brother uh, to the uh, lead actress. Yep, and uh, also Costas Mandalore, who is his brother, who uh, you might know uh, from the Saw franchise. From so, they, big, they, uh, hmm? so they had two of the biggest underground uh, actors from two of the biggest underground films of all time: uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding and DJ Stan the Man. What? <laughs> <laughs> But, let, us, but, let, us, let us laugh for five minutes straight over fucking nothing but laughter. So back to what you were saying. I'm sorry. Uh, so, so um, anyway, uh, I got cast in this and um, uh, they uh, told me that uh, we were shooting in Romania during all this craziness, uh, which of course is a big um, a shock to my system because I've never actually left the U.S. ever in my life. Yeah. And... Uh, but I was like, I, I, I love the script. I love the character. Really want to be a part of it. So I, um, you know, I signed up. And, uh, and uh, as, as Matt uh, mentioned before, to even get on the plane, I had to go and get a COVID test. Had to be within 48 hours of getting on the plane. And then I had to, you know, hope that I would get the test in enough time so it could uh, handed to the people. Right. I, I got in there. Um, I ended up with a layover in Paris, France uh, for seven hours. Uh, wasn't really a lot to do there because like many other airports, a lot of um, stores were shut down because of COVID restrictions and all that. Yeah. But uh, I then got on the plane, got to Romania I actually was uh, held up in customs for a little bit because uh, I ended up with a um, a, a customs guard or whatever you uh, customs agent uh, who I, I think was just in a bad mood and just wanted to make me wait. So he didn't, uh, like, he didn't like that eight year old they found in cellophane wrap and you're fucking <laughs> carry on. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't going to work. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. I'm joking. I'm joking, folks. I've never, I've never seen cellophane children in Alex Hawk's closet. All right. Now. All right. Finish your story. But anyway, so I got, I got there. Um, I went to uh, the hotel. I actually had to sign a piece of paper pretty much saying that because of COVID restrictions, uh, and I was going there for work that I could stay in the hotel um, and go to set and go get food. But that was pretty much 
how how restrictive they they wanted me to be not to go out and explore the city as if it was a normal situation I would have done so right. I was in the middle of Bucharest but I was not really uh, able to explore it as much as I would like to but yeah. um, but from what I did I mean, it it's it's a cool place. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a culture shock, you know, trying to, uh, but it, it actually was funny because they have this, um, a place where I went to get food, which was kind of like the Romanian equivalent to, I guess, a Walmart or something like that. And in this building, you had like a huge food store. You also had KFC, Subway, McDonald's, and then you had some regular stores inside. Um, it was cool. And um, and then, of course, I was able to get on set. Um, I got to work with uh, Louis Mandalore, who was extremely nice, very easy to get along with. And, and what I really liked was our scenes was dialogue heavy. And, you know, instead of trying to just power through the entire thing, we took the time. We did about... Uh, two or three pages, we ran through it, then we got on set, and then we did it, and then we hit that point, and then we went rehearsed some more, and then we went through. So things actually went very smoothly, and we actually got out earlier than than uh, we had expected. But uh, that's cool. And also, um, uh, the actress uh, Constance Payne, uh, she was uh, the female lead in in the film. It was. Louis Mandler and her as the uh, two main um, characters in the piece. And I love that name. Yeah, I that mean, name was like that's a great rap name. Well, she she's a really great person to work with. She also had a lot of intensity and she brought a lot of emotion to the scene, and it was great because you had Louis Mandler and myself. We kind of did a bit of joking back and forth and. She, uh, she was there really bringing in like the real emotion to the scene to kind of ground us in the reality of this this film we were doing. Yeah. And uh, I had to say, I had a lot of fun. I I cannot wait till this film is out because I really want to see how, how it came out. And I think we actually real, really nailed kind of a chemistry with all of us. Yeah. So I think it's going to look really well. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see it. Like I said, it's all pro- high production value stuff. Looks yeah. great. I love it. It's good to see the Hawkman um, flourishing out there in, in the big open indie world. Um, I only I, flourish because Mr. Matthew Fisher has uh, his faith. I pray to I pray to God every night for. I said, give me the budgets to give me the budgets to be able to make these great big films that, that showcase Alex Hawk and. I was lucky enough that he just he cut out the middleman and he just got you uh, other filmmakers' budgets to put you in these bigger movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad I I'm, I'm glad I could do my part. You know what I mean? I'm still rooting for you. <laughs> well, well, well. Hey, hey. If if I can actually start, you know, making some, uh, you know, uh, Boku bucks. You know, know where the money's going to go. It's going to go straight into the strippers' shoeboxes under their beds. That's where it's going. Not not until COVID is done because I don't think any clubs are open. No, they're just straight prostituting. 
the only way that's, they got to go underground activity. Um, do you remember Boku, the drink, the commercials with Richard Lewis from the nineties? Do you remember them? No, uh, I, I remember Richard Lewis. I don't remember. I hope so. Yeah. Richard Lewis is good times. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he was like, there was a drink called Boku, which was like, if I remember correctly, it was like a weird, it was like a big juice box and you would peel, you would peel the top off of it and like drink it. It was almost like, uh, it was cardboard, like, like cardboard milk type shit, but like a big juice box. And I believe it was like a berry flavored drink. Um, but I remember that he was in the commercials for it and it was him drinking a Boku and I'd have to rewatch it, but it was him just being like Boku, like Boku was in there for some reason. That's the name of the brand, but like he worked it into the gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, we're going back probably fucking 25 years now for that. If not later, hey, I barely remember what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> Maybe you have Alzheimer's. You should get that checked out. You pee a lot too. You gotta check get the Where diabetes. Am I? Where am I? what's funny is alex didn't go to bucharest he went to his closet and his mother just like came over to his house and said hawk guess what we're gonna do to you i'm gonna (laughs) fucking i'm gonna bury you i'm gonna fucking plaster you into this closet for we gone two weeks almost yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was nine days. It was crazy. Where so whatever happened with your Facebook? You figure out what that story was? No, I don't. Um, the only thing I can think of is even though I did call and say, "Hey, I'm going to be going," you know, uh, across uh, out of the uh, country, and they set it up so I could get texts, right? And I couldn't make phone calls, which, of course, were expensive. Yeah, what was – do you know the prices for them? I remember you saying they're – we didn't get into it, but you uh, said they were expensive. Like a dollar something per minute for an actual phone call. And, like, for a text, it was, like, 50 cents per text or something like that, giving and receiving. Well, we know that you like to, you know – I heard about that. Yeah. yeah, but I'm glad it was cool. It was good. I'm glad it was a good experience. And yeah, we joke a lot. And I never, I've never joked about not being proud. I think, but very proud, very proud of the Hawk Man over there doing it, living the dream, going in the, in the fucking enemy soil, which is anybody who said who's not mine. You know what I mean? <laughs> nah, nah, they're all good folks. Um, but yeah, it's good to see that popping off. We're going to catch some premieres. It's unfortunate the fucking COVID's here because all these premieres are going to be popping up, dude. They're not going to be able to premiere them. You know what I mean? We could be going out to these and having fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we can I'm only hope that, you know, things are going to get better. But right now... I miss our screenings, homie. We used to... We got, we had to take a... We had to, like, take, take a notch down because we were doing screenings left and right. But I do miss doing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were good times. Fuck yeah. Killing it. Killing it. We're going to do some podcasting type events too, which will be live, which will be the shit. But, you know, is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no, it- not really. Uh, how about you, uh, Matt? Anything- no, that's pretty much it. I know you can't go too deep into the film. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for now. This was a good first episode. Lengthy. Caught everybody up to speed. Uh for that that listened, I I think that every we're at a place now that everybody that was a previous listener has been caught up to speed with what's going on, and anybody that's never listened before in their life should be able to 
piece together what's going on. So with that being said, you know, cool. You know, check us out. Our, our film stuff. We got Boombastic Films on social medias. Um, we got the Boombastic Media on social media as well. Films is more of the films. Media is more of the podcasting because, like I said, we got four shows going now. And uh, there's always ideas for more. Um, so who knows where that's going to go. So two little di- same family, uh, two side, the, the, the husband and wife, two sides of the, fam- the family, you know what I mean, type shit. But anyways, yeah, check that out. Uh, Boombastic Films, Boombastic Media. Check out the other shows on the network here. We got Behold the Pill Podcast. We got Mostly Ghostly, Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. And, of course, now we have the Boombastic Cast. Check out our family, the Dorkening Network, which we uh, get distributed through. Beautiful thing. We're back in the back in the saddle. Uh, all the other shows got their season two starting up. We got our season three rolling out, um, but our first season in the podcast form, strictly. So glad to be here, and uh, we'll catch you all on the next episode of the Boombasticast. Very nice. nice.